Shalom, Mishpacha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Donna Chavez. Thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. My guest is co-founder of Engage Deliverance and Training, which is highly interactive and highly targeted in small group sessions. And very importantly, it gets measurable results quickly. He is also the lead teacher at Christian Harvest Training Center, which is led by Becca and Greg Greenwood. So please welcome to the program today, Jareb Knott. Hi, Jareb. Hello there. Glad to be here. Thank you. We are so, so glad you're here. And you know what? I know everybody can hear the excitement in my voice because I truly have never studied this before. I have never studied this topic. I have never researched it. And when I was going through your material, I just kept saying, I think, Jareb, I said it out loud. I kept going, wow. (laughs) So you are in for a treat if you have tuned in with us on the podcast today. Jareb, before we get into what we're going to be talking about for the bulk of the program, I wanted to start with your background. I'm just going to leave everybody hanging just for a minute. And let's let's start here. When you were only five years old, you actually accepted the Lord and, and became a Christian. And then several years later, you were spirit-filled in 1992 at a youth gathering. But you had something quite unusual happen to you for such a small child. You actually had a heaven encounter. Tell us about that. Oh, I did. Uh, this is what marked my life. There's moments in, in every one of our lives that marks us and changes the course and the direction of our life. And that's what you're talking about here. Yes, I was saved at five years old. Um, miraculously, I remember making that conscious decision, even to this day, making that decision at five years old. And and feeling the Spirit of the Lord come in me. And in, in 19, 1984, I was eight years old. And again, you know, most eight-year-olds, uh, they're outside playing in the dirt, and I was no different. But <laughs> this, ex- <laughs> and, 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 you know, I really want to set the, set the foundation that, I, you know, I was, I was a, you know, your typical little eight-year-old, and it was amazing. But I was saved, and I knew that I was saved. And, and what had happened in this quiet time, I was a voracious reader. I still am. And, uh, and I used to just plow through books, uh, different books on different topics. And I remember one moment I was sitting reading a book in my bedroom and all of a sudden I was caught up to heaven. And, and I know that I know that, uh, that this was, this was the Lord, uh, taking me into the third heaven. And I knew this, even at eight years old, I yes. didn't have a context for what heaven would look like. Of course, we have the Sunday school experiences, but I didn't really have the deep founded understanding of what that looked like. But I'm caught up to heaven and I'm standing in this beautiful oasis, in this wonderful garden. And and just like it says in 2 Corinthians 12 too, this is my picture of what I was experiencing where, where Paul writes, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God 
And he goes on in verse four to say that he was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. Well, this is my story. But, but even beyond that, I'm standing in this garden. It's beautiful. And I'm standing on a crystal clear road that's transparent, that I could see through it. And in my eight-year-old brain, I'm, I'm just trying to piece all this together. And sure. I didn't understand. Well, that piece lines up perfectly with Revelation 21, 21. And keep in mind, all of this knowledge of the Bible, I hadn't yet experienced in my life. Um, but after this experience, I was able to put it together. Well, Revelation 21, 21, it talks about the great street of the city is paved as pure as transparent glass. And, and now I'm starting to realize, well, my goodness, not only did I know this was a real experience with the Bible, is now confirming this experience yes. to me. And I'm able to see every piece along the way. It was not an accident. And through this experience, I found myself standing in the throne room of Jesus. And as far as the eye could see, I'm, I'm experiencing a crowd of angels. And all they're doing is they're just singing, holy, holy, holy. And that's all I remember. The angels were just paying worship to the Lord. And it was such a miraculous experience. And the very next moment, I found myself sitting on the lap of Jesus. Uh, and we had such great conversations. And this is what takes me back to the Second Corinthians verse, where we heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. And I truly believe that as Jesus and I conversed, I remember having conversations with Jesus wow. over a period of time. I, but I don't remember the bulk of those conversations because I truly believe, like Scripture says, they're inexpressible. But He is revealing them to me throughout my life and my ministry. You know, as we progress through ministry and as He takes me into different avenues of ministry, there where people need to hear the word that He has. So, are you are you saying, Jared, that that you remember sitting on the lap of Jesus in this encounter where you were taken up to heaven, and you know you had a conversation with Him and. Some of the things you understand now, but as you have grown in ministry and followed him in ministry, over the years, certain parts of this conversation have been revealed and that you understand. That's precisely right. And wow. that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And, and this, you know, this message that we're here to talk about today, the, the science behind deliverance, is one of those pieces where I believe he strategically opened this door of, of revelation and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to be able to explore this with, with my wife and our ministry, because there was a need. There's a need in the deliverance ministry. Of course. And here we are right now. So this conversation that you were having with the Lord at this time has actually aided you in and directed you in the ministry that you have today. And now, how did this conversation end when you end this encounter? Oh, that's the best part of this whole thing. So it's, oh my goodness. Well, there's really two pieces to how this ended. Um, shortly before the end of my visit, the Lord brought out a bowl. Just picture a giant bowl uh, full of fruit, okay, tropical fruits and every kind of beautiful fruit that you could imagine. And it was overflowing and fruits falling off around the side. And, um, and as an eight-year-old, I can understand this picture. And I asked the Lord, I said, I deliberately, I said, what is that? And what does that mean? And Jesus looked at me and he says, well, this is the fruit of your life. And that's all he said. And he set that, that bowl of fruit down and I'm just in amazement and I'm awed. And the next, very next thing that he said to me was what set my course in life. He looked at me and he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I will always be here. 
Wow. And that was it. Yes. <laughs> wow. And it's such, it's, I don't mean to interrupt you, it was such a simple phrase, but there was so much power in it. Well, and being in the surrounding where you were at the moment and who you were speaking to and to hear those words directed at you, what an impact that had to make. And that leads me to the next point, actually. Like a lot of people, unfortunately, this this happens. We make a commitment to the Lord. We even know that he's with us and we even know that, that he's never going to leave us. But sometimes we leave him. I think several years later, you found yourself in a rebellion that you didn't expect. Yeah, that's right. That's true. And, you know, and that's sadly, that's the case for a lot of people. And my story isn't as intense of a rebellious cycle, you know, as others have had, but I had a rebellious cycle. And, you know, through this cycle of rebellion, the one thing that stuck with me was that I could always hear the voice of the Lord and I could always hear him. And I, and I truly believe, and I lean on that, that that's what kept me from falling completely to the bottom. And, uh, and, and because I was able to have that conversation with him, but yes, the rebellious years were there. There was a time in my life and it was really uh, throughout high school and, uh, and post high school for a few years back in the nineties where I grew my hair long. I pierced my body in many places. We call these exotic piercings. I had gauges in my ears where, you know, those are the big holes in your ears. I had, I received some tattoos and, and like I said, these aren't incredible rebellions, but I'll tell you a quick story about this. The school that I went to at the time, uh, it was a private Christian school, and there were rules and, uh, and, 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 you know, established protocols that we were expected to follow uh, in attendance with that school. And one of them was that we wouldn't grow our hair long. And I deliberately and intentionally began to grow my hair. Mm. And here's an interesting story behind this. The, uh, the principal and the senior leadership of that school uh, approached me appropriately and, uh, and says, hey, son, you need to cut your hair. And my response was to go home that weekend and shave my head bald. Well, what, what, what's interesting about this school is that we were also not allowed to have bald, uh, shaved heads. Okay. And so what had happened was I shaved my head in complete rebellion and went back to school the next day and uh, walked right up to my principal who initially asked me to cut my hair. And I told him, I says, well, there you go. What do you want me to do? Grow it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, and you my, were a little rebellious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was. But, uh, but I think, you know, while that story is funny and, yes. and, and, and it's a little facetious, the spirit of rebellion, which is a very real thing in, in our world and in our culture, received an open door for me in that moment. Mm. Yes. And the spirit of rebellion came in, and with it came pride, came haughtiness, and came a lifestyle for me that, that really began a long train of haughtiness, uh, a cycle of anger, a cycle of bitterness, jealousy, frustration that I had to really work through. And, and I tell that story because that's the root yes. where that spirit entered. And I had to deal with that along the way through a process of deliverance. Yes. And Jareb, I know you have acknowledged the fact that all through this underlying, you still felt and acknowledged that experience that you had with the Lord when you got saved and then also when you encountered him in heaven. So it's like you 
even even through this, he said he would never leave you, and you could still hear his voice. So when you actually grew up, and in 2008, you joined Freedom Church, led by our friend Dutch Sheets, what right. happened at that point? Well, that was a time-changing moment for us, where we were at a place where we were looking and searching for a community of people. Uh, that we could identify with and live life with. And we landed at, uh, at Freedom Church in Colorado Springs. And we connected with Dr. Bill Suttis at the time, who led Righteous Acts Ministries. And he was seeking volunteers for the deliverance ministry. And something happened in our lives that that, that landed in a place where we thought, oh my goodness, that's what we need to be doing. And we should reach out, make a contact, and uh, and just see where this goes. And we did. And so we reached out to uh, Bill and Janet Suth at the time and interviewed to be on teams and volunteers. And part of their process is, is to complete their training cycle, which is, you know, they do a one-week school. And we went through this school. And during that time, I had an experience such deliverance ministry on myself, even during the training that broke off that rebellious spirit that entered way back in high yes, school. Yes, yes. And, and what it was, it was very simple. It was during this training, Brother Bill basically walked us through, very similar to the deliverance ministry we run today, is we walked through a process of renunciation for the, the demonic spirits that have entered, the open doors that have entered in our lives. We repent for those things and we break it off. And all the while, and here's another funny story, I had my long hair and I had my piercings, and, but I renounced those. And Brother Bill just looked at me at one point and he says, well, you, you just need to go get rid of those now. It's done. The work is finished. And, and as I did that, I remember I repented, I renounced, but I went home that night. And I'm holding, I took all my piercings out. And I'm holding my hand full of, of jewelry, of piercings that I had taken out of my body. And I'm getting ready to put it in a, a storage box, a jewelry box. But the Lord said to me that that's not your identity any longer. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing those words from him and that it was time for me to receive a new identity. So I moved my hand over six inches and I dropped those, the handful in the trash. Oh. And oh my goodness, wouldn't you know the power behind that obedient move was I instantly was able to hear my spiritual ears were opened. My spiritual sight was enhanced. And even so much as my physical hearing and my physical sight was enhanced. Uh, and the really, the, the amazing part about this, my wife was in the kitchen. She's probably 50 feet away uh, cooking dinner. And I remember that she was slicing a green bell pepper and I could hear it with the clarity that was beyond anything I'd ever experienced before. So, you know, I mean, 50 feet away, you're not hearing much. In another room. Distance. Yes. Yeah, in another <laughs> room. And, and I'm hearing this. And, it, and what that was is that was symbolic of the change that my spiritual body, my spiritual man just went through. Yes. I received a new identity. 
And that yes. rebellious spirit left me in an instant. You know, I, I hear a lot of things that are symbolic and that as you talk about taking that jewelry out and you've got it in your hand and you are going to put it in this little chest or something, but then instead you throw it in the trash. The want in yourself to say, I'll just keep it, you know, maybe I'll use it again later. You know, wow. But then you said, nope, never going there again. I am not that person again. So I'm just going to put it right over here where it belongs in the trash, never, ever to look back. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. It was an act of obedience. Yes. Well, tell me about, you said that in 2010, you were sort of upgraded. I think maybe getting equipped for moving into what you are doing now. Absolutely. The upgrade, uh, if we're talking about my prayer language, that's really the upgrade that marked me at that point. So I received my prayer language back in high school. I think it was around 1992 I received my initial prayer language, which had uh, changed my life at the time and became incredibly powerful. But I truly believe now that as we mature in our Christian faith and as our Christian walk, that God actually changes, adds to, and makes more from our prayer language as we move through life. And I believe that's what he did with me. And so I'm attending a deliverance training school, again, with Bill and Janet Suttis. And and at one point, I remember asking Janet uh, how she received her prayer language and, and having a conversation with her. And in an instant, this, this gleam in her eye she looked at me and she says, do you want it? Do you want the new? And I said, absolutely. And she hopped over the table. She came over the table. <laughs> it was amazing. There was an assignment that she couldn't let up on. And she laid her hands on me. And in the moment, my prayer language was changed and it was upgraded. There, there was something different. There was more power. I was able to connect in a new way with the spirit of the Lord in a new intense and more deep relationship with him than I ever had before as a result of this experience uh, using my new prayer language. Yes. So, yeah, it was incredible. That's amazing. You know what? I want to get right into our topic today. I love hearing people's background stories because it just lets us know who you are and how God has so moved in your life and is using you. This topic, as I said at the beginning of the program, blew me away, Jerem. So we are talking about the science of deliverance. The science of deliverance. What does that even mean? Tell, tell us what that is, what that means to you, and why you are teaching this right now. Oh, my gosh. I love this topic. Um, this is revelatory for me, and I hope for the people listening as well. And that is the science of deliverance. I want to start with, real quick, the foundation is that we don't worship at the altar of science. And, and, that, would, and that needs to be said. The Bible stands on its own and needs no confirmation from science uh, or from us. But when we see science that agrees with the scripture, it's a faith builder. And, and we can move forward understanding that when we see things happen in the natural, that they're tied to a biblical truth, it's just incredible. It opens new doors for ministry. It opens new doors for healing and deliverance, which is what we're all about. And so the science of deliverance at its basic foundation it's, it says this, that when we receive healing in the spirit, I'm talking deliverance now, when we close open doors, when we cast off 
the enemy spirits that torment us. Our belief is, and this is a result of the science that we've looked at, that we also receive physical healing in our physical bodies as well as the spiritual realm. Yes. Okay. And, and that's what makes this remarkable. And we can show that through science now. When we look at DNA, when we look at our gene structures, we can actually see the changes that are happening. And so that's a very basic introduction into the science of deliverance, but it's powerful because when we tell people that you're not only going through deliverance now, you're actually receiving physical healing at your genetic level, and that's, and that's generational. You're receiving deliverance for you, but that's, that's inherited by your children and their children's children. So you're impacting a generation when you receive the ministry of deliverance now. Yes, yes. Wow. That is so interesting to me. And I felt so smart. I felt so intelligent, Jared, when I was reading and, <laughs> and studying this along with you with, with things like on the scientific level, at the molecular level, the DNA strands. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I, I feel so smart. <laughs> but anyway, it's just a fascinating topic. But this is so interesting to me that you were saying that physical healing follows when people are ministered to on that that soul level, that spiritual level, that freedom level. Absolutely. We do believe that. And one of the reasons why we believe that is because science is showing us now that when we speak and when we release a positive word, when we release a positive um, command or a declaration on our bodies, that our DNA actually reacts to those words and to those statements, even so much as it reacts to our thoughts. And so let me give you a quick little bit of foundation here. So science has shown us, and Emory University jumps out at me specifically in this right now, where a study was done taking DNA samples and separating them into uh, three different Petri dishes, okay? One Petri dish is a control dish uh, that doesn't have any action taken. One is put into a uh, separate area, and the participants are instructed to only think positive thoughts. No words, no noise, but only think positive thoughts in the presence of this DNA. The other Petri dish in a different location, the participants are told to think negativity and uh, in negative thoughts. No words. And the result of this study was remarkable because we were able to see the DNA as we watched that in the presence of a positive thought, the DNA relaxes and becomes unbound and becomes longer. Okay. Now, the other side of the room where we have the negativity, we're watching DNA re react to the negativity in the, in the atmosphere from our thought life. And, it's at, and the DNA we're watching it is becoming bound and shorter and is shrinking. And this is a picture of what's happening in our lives and in our bodies. As we begin to speak, as we begin to think both negatively and positively, our bodies and our very DNA is either becoming bound and bound up or it's becoming loosed and free yes. and completely at peace. Yes, yes. And you said that, that people actually come to your ministry because you are a deliverance ministry looking for spiritual and emotional healing. And they're actually surprised when they receive physical healing associated with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people are incredibly surprised in in, in 
you know, it's because the church and mainstream Christianity has taught for a long time that there are two separate healings that need to happen. There's the spiritual healing, which is the deliverance piece, and maybe the counseling piece. And then there's the healing component. And, and I don't disparage either one. In fact, I believe that both are required and necessary according to Scripture. And so, and Jesus even demonstrated this in Matthew 4, 23 and 24, where it says he went throughout Galilee, preaching and teaching. But he says that he brought all to him who were ill with sicknesses, suffering pain, and the demon possessed, and those having seizures. And it says that he healed them all. Yes. What's remarkable about this is he didn't separate people into two different groups, the physical healing and the spiritual healing. They were all one healing. And so what we do in our ministry, and this is where the surprise comes in, is people expect to receive the the spiritual healing and for demons to go, and they do receive that. But at the same time, they receive physical healing in their bodies. We see restoration in their bones. And, And even at the DNA level, we can see people whose faces have changed, their countenance have changed. They're a brighter, more free, more relaxed individual yes. because they've received deliverance and the administration of perfect love. So it's like the science is catching up with all the way back to what Jesus did when he walked the earth. This is the way he handled it then. And so now the science is catching up with it and saying, we've been taught to compartmentalize each one of these things. Like like you talk about, if you need physical healing, you need to go to the doctor. If you need emotional right. healing, you need to go to a counselor. But this is a line. Let me read this line real quick, Jared, that I got from you that I think is sure. amazing. We must understand that the different facets of ourselves are not in neat little compartments. In fact, While they can certainly cross-contaminate, if you've got emotional issues or you need a deliverance or whatever, it can affect you physically. When one area is damaged, the good news is, thank you for pointing this out in your teaching, the good news is that they can also cross-pollinate when one area moves into a place of health. Absolutely. Oh, that's one of my favorite understandings as well. (laughs) It's incredible. I mean, here here we're talking about receiving spiritual freedom, but receiving physical health as a result. And here's what we see uh, deliberately in in the ministry of forgiveness. I'll just use this as an example. Holding unforgiveness is so debilitating to the physical body that it causes heart problems, blood problems, uh, there's there's mental issues that unforgiveness leads to. Uh, unforgiveness leads to uh, bone problems. I mean, we're talking whole body problems that are the result of unforgiveness. And and I use this example because when we minister deliverance in the realm of forgiveness, we see people's bodies become healthy simply by forgiving. And that's what is so interesting. And this is the cross pollination we're talking about that we're receiving the spiritual healing, but it's moving over into some place in their life that they never even expected. And that's amazing. And it's something that, that we're learning to expect now, where when we started this ministry, it was, it was amazing and it was really intense. And we thought, wow, this was a cool accident, but not so much. This is intentional by the spirit of the Lord that has walked us into this ministry where now we expect 
to receive physical healing yes. when we minister deliverance. Yes, that is so amazing. And I know still talking about forgiveness, there are some of these organizations, not Bible-based organizations, but some of them that have studies, one, a 20-year forgiveness study, and they yeah. can actually measurably prove that healing is coming into our physical bodies as people are getting delivered spiritually. I find that so fascinating that that science, I was not a huge science person in in high school because I didn't want to have to cut up a frog. So I kind of stayed away from the science (laughs) a lot. But now, of course, as as a grown adult woman, I can see the value and the interest of people that maybe even not even believers, and they only look to the science and maybe not the spiritual things. As you said, the Bible needs no validation here. We don't right. we don't need to confirm that the Bible is true by science, but the fact that it is proving that it's true, what kind of reactions do you get from people that are even non-believers? Oh, that's really exciting because what this ministry has opened doors into is is the intellectual piece. A lot a lot of times we you know, we deal with individuals who are heavily knowledgeable in the area of science, and many times we'll see that they'll push them away from the deliverance piece. Okay. But what this ministry has revealed to us now is we can incorporate science, which intellectual people understand. People who know the science, they understand that. And and through the result of some of this work that we're able to see, science of forgiveness being one of them, and I'll just, I'll cite that the University of Stanford uh, is doing a study on forgiveness and its benefits because, because intellectual community now are starting to see its benefit, not only in the physical body, but in the spiritual area and the spiritual realm as well. So it's actually opened new doors to minister to a whole new people group. And that would be the intellectual group who really appreciates the science piece as we combine it with the biblical truths. Yes, yes. And and I know that some of those same studies are saying, I want to bring this out before we move from this particular, the science of forgiveness. You you have taught us, Jareb, and you have found out, you have studied, you have, I know you're not a scientist, but you certainly are a student of the word and a student of learning. So I know that, but I love this, that you said in these studies, they have determined that when we acknowledge and repent of the bitterness and unforgiveness, when we deal with the emotions emotions and we release forgiveness to people, we have a higher rate of survival of physical diseases. And in fact, we operate in a lifestyle of forgiveness. The physical diseases are less common to even come on us at all. Isn't that remarkable? This is almost like the Bible is is showing itself to us in a whole different way uh, through science that doesn't even believe in Bible. Those, those words and those studies and the results of those are done by an academic community that doesn't even believe in what the Bible says uh, to, the, to the most part. But we know that when we operate in a lifestyle of forgiveness, that we are not turned over to our tormentors. And we know mm-hmm. in Scripture that you know, in the examples in scriptures that when we operate and we live in a lifestyle of unforgiveness, 
that the Bible says that we were turned over to our tormentors. Yes. And and we're not talking about just spiritual there. We're talking about physical. What happened in that example when Jesus is talking about that, uh, the examples of forgiveness, that when that man was turned over to a tormentor, it was a very deliberate physical act. He was jailed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a physical torment. And for us, you know, the same thing exists. When you are uh, walking in any unforgiveness, when any one of us is walking in unforgiveness, our body is constricted. Our physical body reacts through disease, through sickness, and through uh, various mental blockages, okay? But when we release that forgiveness, and this is, again, it's so powerful that the University of Stanford is doing this. They're actually showing that people live longer. Yes. That our lives are actually extended as a result of this. That's that's about as physical as I can as I can get. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, Jareb, let's talk about another one of these sciences that you have been discovering and and researching and learning about, the science of fear. Wow. Yeah. That that is something that torments a lot of people. It does. Uh, the science of fear is one of the most prevalent that we deal with right now. Uh, well, fear, rather, is one of the most prevalent spirits that we deal with right now. And if we look at our culture at the moment, and this is even worldwide, that our current state of the pandemic has driven people to a place where we're, we're at home, we're not with people, and we're separate from our relationships. And, and really what, what this is saying, and the Bible scripture is true, it says that we should not forsake the coming together of the saints. And, and here's the reason for that, because when we are together, we build each other up in the most holy faith. And, and in our culture right now, we're lacking that to some degree, to a greater degree. And, and, and as a result, we're seeing a greater intensity of the stronghold of fear, the spirit of fear coming upon those people who are susceptible. Now, here's an interesting bit to remember as well is that the spirit of fear isn't just now coming on people as a result of the pandemic. It's something that's been in their lives, but it's accentuated because we're disconnected, because we are now operating in a place of separation uh, from our support groups or from our churches and the communities that were upholding us. And uh, and so that's, you know, that's what we're talking about from a, a very basic foundation level. But one of the things that we know when we look at the science of fear, that when we operate or when the stronghold of fear operates in our lives, the American Journal of Managed Care really goes on scientifically to discuss what happens in our bodies when fear is present. Now, to be real, and there's balance to this, that fear can often be a good thing. So if a bear is chasing you, yes. you want to run. Yes. Okay. So, so I want to make sure that we're balanced. Okay, but when we as people, as humanity, when we operate under a chronic state of fear, a lot of times we'll call it anxiety. And people will say, I mean, I have anxiety, I have fear, but I don't really know why. Well, that's entirely spiritual. And one of the truths that we've also become to realize is that the medical community they, there's drugs that address anxiety, that address the, the fear states, but there are no good medicines that address chronic fear. And I believe that's because chronic fear and fear is a spiritual issue at yes. its core. Yes. Okay. And we can see that when we look at those who 
exhibit manifestations of fear. We're talking about impacts on their health, their immune system, uh, their endocrine systems are dysfunctional. Uh, people who can't sleep properly. We're talking about even insomnia, anorexia, uh, chronic fatigue. Uh, this is one that, that we hear a lot of these days, right. especially as it relates to the pandemic. The pandemic is said to cause chronic fatigue. So there's an opportunity that the spirit of fear has used to come in and establish a foothold in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And and we see in science now that when we when we can offload, when we can cast off the spirit of fear, we receive great healing, not only in our mind is free and clear, but our bodies have an opportunity to heal, our sleep becomes more effective, our energy returns in our body, and we're, we're a better, more complete human with an identity that God intended for us. Yes. And and this organization that you mentioned early, the American Journal of Managed Care. Now, this, again, yes. is not a biblically based organization, but you said that they even cited potential consequences of chronic fear on our spiritual health and how that makes yeah. people feel about God and, and us spiritually. Can you imagine that? We've got organizations like this, the American Journal of Managed Care, who, you're right, they're not a Christian-based organization, but as a result of spirituality studies that they've done, they have also concluded that when people operate under a spirit of fear, or they wouldn't call it a spirit of fear, what they, what they would say is that when fear is present, mm -hmm. these things are also present. And what they describe is bitterness at its root. There's a fear of God, but we're not talking a holy fear. We're talking a frightful fear. Uh, they also cite confusion or disgusted with God or religion. I mean, as I say these things, I, I think it can paint a picture of certain facets of our society and our culture right now, that there is a confusion. There is a disgust with certain aspects of what God is trying to do in our world and in our culture right now. Uh, there's a loss of trust in God, waiting on God to fix our problems. That's anxiety, mm -hmm. despair related to the perceived loss of spirituality. This is people saying, God, why have you left me? When in fact, that's, that's not even what has remotely happened. But the American Journal of Managed Care, this is the result of the manifestations that they are able to witness when fear is present in someone's life. So what is the answer? What is the solution here, Jared? Oh my gosh. Bible. I mean, Bible yes. is our answer. And I love this because the Bible says very clearly, 1 John 4, 18 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. And here's that scripture continues. It says that fear has to do with punishment. Mm. Wow. So when, when fear is present in our lives, the things that it, that it affects, the manifestations that are exhibited in our bodies when fear is present, we're talking insomnia, lack of sleep, we're talking chronic fatigue, anorexia, yes. bulimia, endocrine, those are punishments that are on our body as a result of the fear. But deliverance ministry, this is what I love about deliverance, deliverance ministry isn't expression is an administration of that perfect love yes. that Jesus demonstrated even when he did deliverance in Matthew 4. 
Yes, yes. Wow. You know, that's one of those moments where I, I'm, I'm studying this along with your teaching and I'm looking at it and I'm just, that's one of my, <laughs> that's one of my wow <laughs> moments. We hear a lot uh, in the Word about renewing our mind and you teach on this very thing, the science of renewing our mind. Yeah. Re- it, it, that's got to be where we start with deliverance, renewing our mind. And it says in scripture, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the order is, in fact, let's back up a moment. Romans 12 too. do not conform to the pattern of this world. Well, the pattern of this world is, is fear. Yes. Okay. It's unforgiveness. It's all the things that we're, we're talking about in the ministry of deliverance, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve God's will. And that word transformed, to me, is the most amazing piece of this particular scripture, because when we read it literally, it means that you're physically being changed as your thoughts are being changed. Okay. Now, when we talk about the science piece, a moment ago, I mentioned the study done by Emory University with the thoughts. Now, if we take that study and we look at Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If our thoughts are constantly looking to Jesus, to looking to the cross, looking to the biblical way that we should be living our lives, our bodies will literally become transformed from the inside out. Our, our hearts will begin to pump properly. Our blood will begin to be clean and clear. Our sleep will be restored. Uh, our, our eating disorders, our digestive systems will all begin to fall in line and become healed and that's transforming. So this is not a uh, figurative component. There's a very literal thing that's happening in our bodies when we begin to transform our bodies through our thoughts and through our words and our actions. Well, uh, there, there's there's two ways that you look at this, too, when you're talking about this. Here, here's another one of those times that, that I felt like I was getting very intelligent while I was uh, studying <laughs> this, because you said the thoughts that we're thinking right now Right now, the thoughts that I'm thinking, our audio engineers thinking, you're thinking, those thoughts are impacting every one of the 75 to 100 trillion brain cells at quantum speeds right now. That's right. Whoa. Whoa. Yes, and that's right. Yeah, that, that's what I said. But you look at you look at it two ways. That's the science. That's how much our body, our brain, our cells are being affected by what we are thinking right now. And then the Bible way, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's, there's just times where I think you have to just kind of soak that in. You just have to soak that in. Uh, okay, let's let's move on to something uh, in just a minute. But let me, let me take just a second here before we do, uh, and just let everybody that's listening know that we are offering Jareb. You have put together an amazing audio teaching series called "The Science of Deliverance," and I wish we could just talk about all of it today, but we absolutely cannot, and everybody knows that. But I want you to get this teaching. I want you to see this research. I want you to have those 
wow moments when you hear this and when you study this with Jareb. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program because he's going to let you know how you can get Jareb Knott's brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called The Science of Deliverance. So be sure and listen for Sid at the end of the program so that he can tell you exactly how you can get it. Okay, Jareb, I want to move on to something that is equally as fascinating. I had never heard this word before, but you talk about the science of epigenetics. What is that? So the science of epigenetics is actually a a very academic but a very medical study. And the science of epigenetics is a new way of looking at how our DNA is built or the building blocks behind our DNA. Now, a real quick lesson on epigenetics. Uh, so epigenetics is, is really, it's two, two words, epi and genetics. And epi is, it means riding above or riding on top of. And then genetics, riding on top of your genetics. So the study of epigenetics is the study of anything generationally that has attached itself to your DNA and rides on top of your DNA generationally. So that by itself stands on its own as remarkable because science and the medical community is able to pinpoint and is able to actually now see and understand generational inheritance by looking at our DNA. That's what epigenetics is. And here's the interesting part about that. Of course, those science studies are done in a, in a vacuum. They're not done from a spiritual perspective. It's all pure physical science. But this is how great God is, is he's revealing this to the world. And those of us in deliverance ministry and those of us who can marry scripture with what's happening in our world and in our culture, we're seeing how these connect, how generational blessings, generational cursings, can now be witnessed, can we can now see them on DNA as they're transferred down the bloodline generation to generation and generation. And one of the things about even epigenetics is, uh, let's say a trauma uh, happened sometime in my generational lineage, great, great, great grandfather had a car accident, or maybe something uh, even less traumatic happened. Well, that moment or the trauma of that event we know from epigenetic studies, is coded, or the word is marked. It's marked on your DNA, and that mark transfers down generation to generation to generation, meaning that three to four generations later, the offspring of that individual may manifest the results of that same trauma and not understand why. It's because the way that epigenetics, the way that our genes are operating, that that trauma, while it's designed by God to be cleaned off, it doesn't. And this is another remarkable piece. Science has shown us that the way God built our DNA, he built it in such a way to be perfect. Uh, Psalm 139.16 says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, we know that God doesn't make accidents, okay? But he made perfect DNA. But when corruption entered in the garden, certain structures happened in our DNA, certain things happened in our DNA to allow corruption. And we're seeing now where traumas and corruption do pass down to the third and to the fourth generation. But the good news is that that's not how God intended it. And we have authority 
to remove those traumas, to remove those curses from our DNA and clean it up from the inherited DNA that we shouldn't be walking through life with. I don't need to own my great-grandfather's traumas. Right, right. Nor should we. And, uh, and we have the ability to speak to those curses. We have the ability to speak to the bloodline iniquities, to generational trauma, and to see it removed. And those tags, those, those epi, the tags that ride along DNA, we can speak to them and tell them to come off, to switch off, and for the DNA to be reset back to the way God intended. Yes, yes. So you're saying that until very recently, molecular biology, they held the belief that you are, you are the result of your DNA and there's nothing you can do about it. But the great news here is, Jerob, you are saying, no, 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 not so fast. There are things that we can do about it. Amen. And that's so true, too, is that, uh, yes, science up until recently uh, has held that, that we are the result of our DNA. There's not a whole lot we can do about it. Uh, so here's a prescription and do the best you can in life. Mm, but that's not God. That's not his intent. Uh, God would have it that we would be prosperous, that he wishes all the great things for us, uh, that he would He would not give us a stone when we ask for bread. And and that's what we're talking about here. We're about delivery of perfect love. And when we can speak to that DNA, we are delivering the intent of heaven for the true identity for that person. Psalm 139, 16 talks about all the days ordained for you are written in a book. Well, I guarantee that the traumas of your history, your, your ancestry, isn't written in that book. And so why should we own that? So we have an opportunity to speak perfect destiny, to speak perfect inheritance over every single person and to see those curses broken. Yes. Is that why deliverance ministry is so powerful? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and this is the other reason why I think we're, we're so fortunate in this time right now, where deliverance ministry has always been this successful. Okay, what I'm doing isn't really a whole lot new. We're delivering perfect love through deliverance. We have a greater understanding now of how it works. And and nothing we're doing in our ministry changes the way Jesus demonstrated deliverance. When he went throughout Galilee and he healed people, and even the Gadarene, when he healed the demoniac, we're, we're modeling and doing the same way Jesus did. So we're not changing any of the models and I think that needs to be clear that the, the way Jesus did it is the way we do it. We just execute it with more understanding as, as a mortal person now. And, yes. and that's what is so freeing to what we do. And I, I think you mentioned that the, the, the flaw of science here is that it only pursues knowledge of the physical realm. But we have the Holy Spirit, so we are not limited by that. Uh, absolutely. And, and really, it, trying to do deliverance without the Holy Spirit would be a fruitless exercise in any regard, because the Holy Spirit will guide us in every aspect of deliverance ministry to, because the Holy Spirit knows what the tags are. The Holy Spirit knows where the trauma is in the generational lineage. And if we're truly following the Holy Spirit during a deliverance session or during any form of ministry, then we know and we can be confident that we're going to hit the route the Holy Spirit wants to hit. But yes. if we're approaching it uh, from a knowledge perspective, then that would be an error. 
And yes. I think that's the balance that needs to come in. While the science is amazing, we, we always release the Holy Spirit to have His way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know, Jareb, you have so, so many amazing testimonies and just powerful testimonies. Um, As we get close to the end of our time here, will you pick just a couple of those and share those with us? Oh, sure. These are fun. I love the testimony. <laughs> Me too. They, they validate and they bring truth to what Jesus is doing. Exactly. True True examples, live examples of people that, that have been through exactly yeah. what you're talking about. There was a woman who we were ministering with just a couple of years ago, and we were working a deliverance session. And at the time, we were casting out a particular demon. And this woman stopped and looked at me and she said, hey, by the way, while I'm thinking about it, would you find it in your heart, maybe when we're done, to pray over my back? I have scoliosis and I live in great pain. And, uh, and, and it just hit me right there that, my goodness, why would that be an afterthought? These should be one and the same. We're doing deliverance. And the Lord put it in her mind at that moment for a reason. And so we, we stopped what we were doing, not, not to address the distraction, because sometimes the enemy will be a distraction. And so this is why we follow the Holy Spirit. But we felt led by the Holy Spirit to move into a healing prayer at that moment. And we prayed healing over her body. We declared healing into her body at the same time as casting off the demon that had been impacting her life. And we went on with deliverance ministry. It was, they flowed. We flowed from healing into ministry, into spiritual healing. And uh, in the session concluded with great healing. Well, we didn't know the full impact of that particular experience until several months later when this individual contacted us and said, you won't believe what's happened. Ever since I walked out of your ministry session that day, my back hasn't hurt. I've received complete healing and I'm in no pain. Wow. Unbelievable. And we're talking about scoliosis. And, and this is truly following the pattern that Jesus laid out, that we're not separating healing. And she thought that it would be a separate thing, but it's not. It's all one and the same. Jesus is there. And there's another healing where uh, we were teaching a deliverance school a couple of years ago. And uh, we do a three-day deliverance intensive uh, around the country. And what, one of the things that, that we ministered was one of these models for bloodline DNA cleansing. And there was a prayer that we provided them, that we released to them as deliverance ministers. And and this is a fun story to tell because the deliverance ministers who were going through our training took the knowledge, the prayers and some of the knowledge that we're teaching today into a session and were conducting a session. And during that session, the ministers themselves received physical healing. And I call that a ricochet healing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'll take it too. And it was remarkable. There was one minister in particular who was addressing some mental concerns um, with her life. And she was one of the ones who received healing as a minister. She received that healing that she was administering to someone else and, uh, and, and gave a miraculous testimony about that. And, uh, and if we have time, I have, I have more. Okay. How about one more? And then we need to pray for people and then we are going to have to say goodbye, but we will absolutely talk to you again soon. 
Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, there was a, there's a woman that we ministered to uh, recently who had walked through life with severe, severe stomach pain and undiagnosed and had been through numerous doctors, multiple second opinions, and uh, was really at a place of frustration in life, um, was unable to go to school, was unable to even make her high school graduation. And we were asked to visit with this individual in her home, and, and we did, we gladly did. So we joined this individual, and we began to pray for her. And the Holy Spirit moved us into a place of knowledge, where we we realized there were some generational curses. We talked about generational iniquities earlier and how those are epigenetic, transferred down. Well, we, we specifically began to speak declarations and turn off the epigenetic markers, the traumas that had come down her generational lineage because they weren't hers. They didn't belong to her, which is, explains why the pain was there, but there wasn't any other problems. And so as we began to do that, miraculously, she began to feel it in her stomach. There was something transforming her on the inside of her body, inside of her stomach area. And she began to receive that healing right there in that moment. And as we began to declare freedom and healing and cast off the demonic spirits that were tormenting her, she stood up completely healed. And to this day has not had a problem physically uh, since. And, and that just goes to show you that the spiritual and the physical healing yes. must be paired together. Yes, and I know you have so, so many more, and you you mention a lot of them in your teaching, so we want to make sure that yeah. everybody will be sure and get that. And again, listen for Sid at the end of the program to tell you how you can get this brand new and exclusive four-CD audio teaching series by Jared called The Science of Deliverance. Jared, do you have a final thought for us, and then let's pray for everyone that's listening? Yeah. You, you know, it's very interesting. We're talking a lot about science. And and I'll say it again, because I don't want it to be confused. The Bible stands on its own. It will always stand on its own. Deliverance ministry was given to us by God as a method to set people free and to administer perfect love. And we know that, that, that even quantum physics, quantum science teaches that all of our time, past, present, and future exists right now. And God exists in all of those places, too. And what that means is that when we minister to traumas, when we minister to any physical issues or, or, or problems on our bodies or our, our mental uh, health needs, Jesus simply said, be healed. And they were. And that's how we minister deliverance, is we follow what Jesus did. And Jesus gave to the disciples a gift. In the Bible, it says Jesus summoned the disciples to him. And he gave them all authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. Yes. And I believe with every fiber of who I am that as a disciple of Jesus, as a believer in Jesus, we have that same power. I have that same power. And when I speak to a disease or when I speak to the demonic realm, it's healed yes. in an instant and the demons flee. Yes, yes, yes. And will you pray before we leave here, please, Jared? Oh, I would, I would love to. I would like to release a, a DNA cleansing prayer, if that's appropriate. Of course. Um, 
That would be amazing. So, Father God, Holy Spirit, I just invite you. I invite you to the homes. I invite you into the spaces where everyone listening currently is. Come into their space and come into our environments. And I thank you, Lord, that everyone listening is fearfully and wonderfully made. And I declare over each and every one of them right now what your word says, that they are created in your likeness and that they are created to be perfect, that you called them to represent your kingdom on earth. I speak to the choices and actions made by them and their lineage that may have opened doors and invited the enemy in. And I right now, I close those doors and I command every traumatic experience of those events to switch off and to be detached from their genetic code right now in Jesus' name. And I speak to every DNA bloodline corruption in every one of their bodies. I bind you now and I speak to the trauma and I command you to unwind and to remove yourself right now. And I declare over everyone here that you are not the result of your inherited genes, that you are not a flawed person by God's design. I declare now that genetic infirmity is not God's plan for you. I speak truth to your DNA, that you were created in the image of God. I speak now that you are fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose and with intent. I speak now to healing in your entire genetic code, and I command all genetic infirmity to be removed right now in Jesus' name. I command all epigenetic marks on your DNA that attach themselves during any traumatic experiences anywhere in your family lineage going all the way back to the 10th generation to right now be removed and to leave your body. I command your DNA to immediately forget all epigenetic marks brought on through trauma as a result of ungodly involvement, and to immediately be reset. I command your DNA to perfectly replicate once again, according to how your body was intended by God, according to Psalm 139, 14 through 16. I command all memories in your hippocampus and your amygdala to become whole and to represent each of your memories with complete accuracy. And Lord, I ask that you cleanse everyone's mind of any false fragments of any false memories that the enemy may have planted as a result of generational inheritance to leave your body now. God, it is written that when we ask you for healing, we will receive. Therefore, I ask you now, Lord, for a complete and thorough reset of everyone who's listening now, their entire genetic code, returning them to the perfection you intended at creation. And now, Lord, I declare over them, Proverbs 17, 22, that a cheerful heart is good medicine. And I bless them with an abundant spirit of joy that brings healing and restoration. And I thank you now, Lord, for a complete and thorough healing. Amen. Amen. Well, Jerob, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate your time today. Thank you for this powerful, powerful message that you've brought to us. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get Jerob Knott's brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, The Science of Deliverance. Sid? Jerob Knott has developed a brand new and exclusive four CD audio teaching series called the science of deliverance. Why does he call it the science of deliverance? Even though the Bible does not need scientific confirmation to back it up, Jerob is discovering that many studies in the scientific world are showing that the things that Jesus did, the deliverance that he modeled, can actually be seen, documented, and proven at the scientific level. Don't miss this opportunity to get Jerob's amazing and unique resource package. Again, 
It's Jerob Knotts, brand new and exclusive for CD audio teaching series called The Science of Deliverance. And I can tell you, when you see the science confirming exactly what Jesus said 2,000 years ago, your faith is going to go off the charts. And when you order, you'll also get two exclusive prayer cards, cleansing of your bloodline and DNA, one for yourself and one for others, for an investment of only 29 U.S. dollars. The Science of Deliverance teaching series is filled with information and revelation that is truly life-changing for you, your family, and for generations to come. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9760. Once again, that's offer number 9760.